said uh, Bach bass case 026 pressing dates the Bach cello suite in G major the prelude you've heard it somewhere guitarists like to play it I've got a version by Segovia I like to listen to it's part of my repertoire and I learned it in undergrad and then I forgot it and then I learned it again and it's one of those pieces in my rep that I play from memory or as I prefer to say I've absorbed it and it's one of the first pieces that I learned and wanted to play without a sheet in front of me or a music stand in my face. And to do that, I had to take it apart in sections and set time goals for myself. And I've done that with numerous pieces. Uh, the Echo Sonata in G minor was something more recent. I wanted to be able to play that without the sheet in front of me. So I had to take it apart phrase by phrase and absorb it and move on to the next line. And it's an effective way for me, you know, having absorbed it in phrases or sections, not only do I know it at a deeper level, but I can teach it too. You know, I'm not looking at a sheet in front of me while the student's trying to play it, and I can listen to where the mistakes are, how I want it to be played, or come in at a certain section. I don't have to start from the beginning or look at the sheet and say, Mem you know, okay, now where are we at? You know, and it allows me to listen more carefully to my student players and it allows me to have rep that I can play on the spot, you know, like for a podcast. And for me it works, but I'm digressing a little bit. You know, the topic of this is pressing dates, you know, time goals. You know, this needs to be finished by the end of the month. You know, I'm going to have to play this in one week, so I better get on this. But honestly, it always takes a little bit longer. Sometimes it takes a lot longer to finish and play it down without the music. But without that pressing date, it would take even longer for me. That's what I see people do, you know, with my teaching schedule, and family, yard work, podcasts. Throw in some unexpected happenings and suddenly you're behind. Which in most cases is okay. I'm very anti getting behind schedule, catching up, but there's just no way to mess with time like that. Getting behind schedule is going to happen. I don't let it bother me. I just, as long as I get back to work, you know, the, the more that you fret about the time that you lost, there's more going out the door, right? You know, this podcast and the episodes and how my producer and I set it up is a good example of a pressing day. You know, it's on a schedule. We do this every Wednesday at 1230 and it keeps me on task because over the weekend I start thinking about any elements and writing the script and I've got to think about it because I've got a, I've got a pressing date. I've got that Wednesday coming up. So I better get on this same time every day. Same time, day, every week. Keeps me in check. 
And if I can't make one, that's it. I can't make one. We just go to the next week. There's no trying to catch up, you know, catching up, falling behind. Those are impossible concepts in this modern world. Everybody's always, you hear them, they're talking about it in the school district. We've got to get, everybody's falling behind. We've got to get them catching. We've got to catch up. There's no catching up. You start where you're at and move in. Start where you left off. Don't try to catch up. If you've got some abandoned project and you meant to finish it two months ago, don't try to catch it up to today. Just go start where you finished off and see what you can do. What kind of pressing dates do you need? <laughs> the first one is plan to fall behind because this is going to happen in most cases. I mean, I know there's somebody out there listening going, well, I never fall behind. Well, good for you. There's, there's a few people out there that can stay on schedule for virtually anything. I don't see how you do it. I admire you. But most of us mere mortals will fall behind. And that's okay, I said. Something that you want to do when you're setting up something. You know, let's say you're taking on uh, a piece of music that you want to play. is to be very generous with the schedule. Particularly if you're working alone without a teacher and ensemble director on you. So don't rush this. Then it becomes real work because it just seems like you're behind all the time. You know, it's a divide and conquer strategy. You know, take a look at what you're trying to learn and take it apart. You know, I like going by phrases. I remember several years ago I was taking apart Paul Chambers' bass solo on Straight No Chasers from one of the Miles albums. It's five choruses of F blues. And I thought, I want to learn this and I want to play it down and I want to absorb it and I don't want to look at the sheet and I numbered each phrase I can't remember the exact number but and I went through it methodically like I've done a lot of these things when I'm learning and like I said that works for me you might have something else but still you've got to be structural in your approach with this music's not you know as unstructured as most people like to think it is so I took that divide and conquer strategy and moved in on it. Let's let's take one of my episodes, like the blues language one, where I had those, I think it was six, seven, or eight um, blues licks. And there were several lines, right? And you obviously don't want to try to learn them all at once. You know, you break them up, one a week. You know, number one, dee ba doo dong you know sing it really absorb it and play it for a week you know get it under your fingers you know play it at 60 right and take your time with the line getting in a hurry isn't going to make you a better player any faster it's slowing down which makes you a better player i like what james moody said he was such a great player too i saw a meme on facebook and i'd love to get this poster and it's him decked out in a suit playing saxophone and then it says a wise man practices slowly and a wiser man practices more slowly and I can't think of anything more true than that you know we we do something like that in my bass studio we take a you know we immerse ourselves in the key of the month what I call it so it's September right now so that's the key of F major and we go through the Fadi Mechum. I think there's five or six different fingerings, and we explore, and we have a whole month to deal with it and to get in. Do we get through all five or six? In most cases, no. That's okay. 
next year, right, for the rest of them. But we get the ones that we get under our fingers, and some students get more under theirs than others, but they're absorbed and done slowly. You know, and we're talking about two or three octaves. And we've absorbed it. And consequently, a couple of my students right now are working on their all-region pieces for their high school orchestra competition. And one piece is in F major. And the other one's in G major, which was August's scale of the month. You think that would help, playing the key of these pieces and scale techniques? Undoubtedly it did. But back to pressing dates, you know. But it, that is, that's a pressing date, too, though. Scale of the month, you know, you got 30, 31 days. You know, what are you going to do with it? Take it slow. You know, a line, the more that you do this, the more you figure out how things need to be scheduled. How long is it going to take me to learn that line? You know, if it's a four-measure, two-five lick, how long is that going to take? Let's say a week to really absorb it, maybe play it in all keys or maybe just play it in one key. You know, a head, you know, those melodies that fit on the bass from that episode, at least a week for one. You know, and set that weekly goal and see if that works. You know, think about, but more in it, more than anything else, however you do this, what I'm trying to get you to think about is to structure what you're doing. You know, there's, I see a lot of players where I teach at and they're working on things that I can tell when we go into recital lab and they play the first half of the piece, the first quarter of the piece, the first 30% of the piece and they're dynamite and then things start to kind of come off and I know what they're doing. They're practicing by going back to the top again because it feels good when they should be isolating the mistake and slowing it down and absorbing it. And it might take longer than a week you know, that's for you to re reevaluate. There's no use trying to make something work that's not going to work. If it doesn't work in a week, then just set a 10-day goal. And goals is are what I'm going to be talking about next week. My next episode about setting weekly, monthly, semester, and yearly goals for your playing. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to get as the fitness guys say you're not going to get the results that you want and I'm also going to be talking about logging your practice time but for right now think about one piece something that you're working on that you want to get out of the way you know the intro to portrait of Tracy I remember I gave myself a week to learn that one time and I, that worked out nicely Whatever it is, one of these blues heads, one of these blues licks, and say, I'm just, this week, this is what I'm going to focus on as far as licks or uh, just this head, you know. Sonny Rollins, Blue 7. And then see how that works for you. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.